The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the On The Corner Podcast. I am Nick Pollock. This is episode 380. I have not done this intro in forever, so I have no idea what I'm doing. And today, I'm with Alex Fast. I get to be the host of On The Corner today. I'm so excited because Alex Fast had a Cout Wars draft. So his adjective today is the studious Alex Fast. How you doing? What a unique intro that was. It was... (laughs) I'm doing fast. <laughs> it was uh it was hey, hey it's spring training for everyone right oh yeah don't we, do we, this. we had our we had our tout draft today which was great i mean i it's it's a in my mind it's always a little bit early to be doing drafts right i, I think drafts in february scare me a lot and we've always talked about that uh you know with other people on the committee but this is when the draft date was we were excited it was nice to be there it was nice to be in a draft room feel that feel that pressure again feel that stress feel that anger at being sniped by carlos marcano who sniped me like literally like five times well yeah but he he couldn't have because it was two picks before you not one that's not fair you're right yeah so what do we call that what do we call that it was getting glocked I don't know if we could say that, but yeah, it wasn't it whatever it was, it was frustrating. He and I were just going back and forth because I was taking his players, he was taking mine. Uh so we'll have to see if we can work out some trades. But yeah, it felt nice to be back in the draft room. Absolutely. Um and and was really funny is that before the draft started, I was like, Oh man, you got like 15 minutes to go. And like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I said, Don't forget, you know, Glasnow's hurt, Musgrove's hurt, Say Suzuki's hurt, and you're like, wait, what? All these guys draft. are hurt. Yeah. That was mid-draft. <laughs> Two of those reports came out this morning. Like, I remember, I'm on the West yeah, Coast, so 9 a.m. I saved fast, being like, yo, yeah. make sure that you're not. You're like, wait, what? I was about to t-. You took Mitch Chandiger instead of that point. I mean, if you were literally like 10 seconds away or something, right? I was going to take Seiya a Suzuki. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to the point, but I do regret that because he fell really low, considering we don't really know what the outcomes is, and it's unlimited IL. But like I said, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, man. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to go over this is 29 rounds. Uh, it's a head to head 12 teamer. Uh, it's a draft roto. Sorry, it's just a roto, not head to head. I apologize. Yeah. Um, it's a little different. Innings pitched are included. There are no wins, but there are quality mm-hmm. starts, uh, I believe. 
I nope. nope. Saves plus holds instead of saves. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm forgetting here. It's still yep. five by five. And then you replace average with OBP. Is there another change that I'm forgetting there? No, that's it. Um, okay, so OBP instead of average, innings yep. instead of wins, and saves mm -hmm. plus holds versus saves. What difference did you? Uh, what differences than the normal draft did you apply into this one? Yeah, so this is um, this is a new format that they kind of rolled around. I believe this is the third year of this format. Um, I was fortunate enough to win it the first year that it came around. So I I would like to think. And how'd my, you do last year, fast? Not as well. I think I. So here's the thing, Nick. Remember, I, no, you know what's so funny. You came in Nick, second. I what? screwed up. I what? screwed up. I what? went to the standings and I was like, wait, how did I come in second? My team was not yeah. good. They took the stats. They took the players from last year and like prorated them or something. Oh, I see. As if you and still then, had them. As if I still had them. Oh. And that's where I came in second. So I was totally that's funny. Wrong. So your team last year, though, was just so good. And <laughs> yeah. it just didn't work out for you. Yeah, it had a real lasting you know, power. You had a second I, place team that didn't turn out well. I will fully admit. So two years ago, I dedicated so much time to it. I was so proud to win. It felt great. My first, it was my first ever Roto League ever too. So I was oh, wow. one for one. Last year, I will admit, I bit off a little more than I could chew. And it turns out having a baby pretty what? much right on opening day um, derails how much dedication you can give to a fantasy league. But now it's easy. She's 10 months. She can practically raise herself. Um, oh, so it's well, got much more time to do it. I mean, really more so uh, we should be scaring the PL Legacy League because you've yet to win that. I've won that. You yeah, have yet that's to win true. it. That's true. Yeah. I'm yet to win it. But for you, the original question, though, so I can answer that was about how the approach is different, right? There are not a lot of guys who are going to reach 200 innings. So aces becomes a different question, right? Like you can't just get a guy who's going to have 140 innings because, or at least you can't load up on a lot of those guys because you need mm -hmm. to accrue um, a, a good amount of innings pitch, or you have to decide what you want to do there. Do I want to say, Hey, I'm going to come in sixth, seventh, eighth in innings pitched, but I'm going to have really low ratios doing it. I don't particularly like to go in that direction. Then with OBP, I love it. I love it because one of the frustrating things about being in a league that just takes averages into account is if a guy goes, if you have a guy who goes one for two with three walks on the day, that's a productive day for him. Even if he doesn't oh, score yeah. any runs because no one knocks him in, but average leagues say, sorry, he didn't really do much sure. that day, right? You're not getting his full value. So OBP, um, obviously increases the value there and it just opens up an entirely new field of guys and it also makes some guys with a lot of swing and miss in their game a little bit higher of a priority and then with saves and holds it's a totally different game Absolutely. as well right because you can there there's an abundance of saves and holds on a wire right there's an abundance of that and it's easy to to um to choose those i i will say Thank the good Lord for Rick Graham, who know, already released man. his he's first so top 100 saves he's and holds so article. Good. He's fantastic because he's a lifesaver for this. Really? League. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking when I'm heading into these drafts. And it's interesting. The, uh, you know, so we've seen in TGFBI right now, Edwin Diaz sometimes goes second round. Uh, and this one falls after the fifth. It is a 12 teamer, which really does amplify safe plus holds. I mean, Really, you can find that a lot in Roto Leagues. You don't need to be 12 in safe plus holds. If you get six mm -hmm. or seven just by playing the waiver game through the year, that's very acceptable and not spending the draft capital on that. Uh, and we're going to talk about your strategy as you navigate through it. It's interesting on the average OBP side uh, where you don't have to chase average as much. 
Trey Turner generally does fall because his one of his big uh, bonuses is the fact, hey, you have a good average in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's not as good of an OBP. And he, so he fell in this one. You were in the seventh spot and you did get Trey Turner. Why did you still go with him despite this being an OBP league? Well, for he's still a five tool player, right? Which I absolutely yeah. love. He's going to give me something in every single category. Um, really, for me at that moment, it was going to be between him and uh, Kyle Tucker, right? Maybe you could make a case for Gordon Alvarez, and that's a good case. To me, the unsurety about the hand and the fact that he's not going to be a five tool contributor made me a little bit scared away from Jordan Alvarez. I'm sure he'll be fine. It'll still be one of the best hitters in baseball, if not the best hitter. But considering Soto, uh, Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, and Julio Rodriguez had already gone, I think it's kind of a no-brainer even in an OBP to take a guy who is 1-1 in a lot of situations, right? He just gives me such... I saw... I, I might have actually been in the Pitcherlist article ranking the, um, uh, the shortstops, or I think it was there, um, that someone mentioned that he's not necessarily going to have the highest ceiling, but his floor in all five categories is so, so high, right? I'm already starting off with a very good chance at having almost a lock at a 2020 season and a very good chance at a 25-25 season. He doesn't kill you in OBP and the projections that I was using, again, put him slightly higher than Kyle Tucker. So I said, why not? I'm going to get all the categories. Sure. Uh, yeah, Trey Turner, we have him projected at over 100 runs, uh, 23 home runs, 85 RBI, and, a tw- and 27 stolen bases. But 70th, uh, um, in actual 69th, I should say, in OBP at 346. That is out of the gate. Think of it kind of like a, a four category guy than a five is what I would say. Uh, there might be some more appeal, say, in uh, Ronald Acuna, who has a little bit more pop, maybe more uh, stolen bases with a better OVP. But he went earlier in this draft. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why he fell down to seven. Also, shortstop, maybe it's a little more plentiful than your 15 teamers and 12 teamers that there are a lot of decent options later on that people like to chase, like. Carlos Correa going in the seventh round, Tim Anderson in the eighth, even Jeremy Pena and Jorge Polanco in the 11th. But you have Trey Turner here. And after that, you know, Kyle Tucker went, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, so on and so forth. Otani is a pitcher, by the way. Sorry. Uh, Excuse me, as a hitter. He's two players. As a hitter, right. I imagine so. Sorry. Uh, I should clarify that one. But when he came back around in the second, were you thinking, I have to get a starter or are you trying to go for a different hitter? The plan that I wrote up last night was um, see who falls. I really thought it was going to be Soto who maybe fell a little bit further, but in an OBP league, he obviously went one, 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 see who falls in the first round because then that's also not to derail too much. That's why I really like picking um, in spot five, six or seven because decisions are made for you. Like there's such mm. a lack of disparity often between the first five or six picks that it's like, cool, I'll just take who falls and then be closer as I come around for the second round. I I'm, I'm always going to do the best available hitter and the best available pitcher. It's very rare for me to not do one for one in the first two rounds. <laughs> Jared Cole. I was curious to see if he was going to fall to me, but he didn't. What are you laughing at? I feel, like, I feel like that's such a product of the Alex, Alex Fast, the human, of the anxious man that I know at times, who's just like, <laughs> at times, I don't, always. no, no, well, I just, I don't, it's a feeling of FOMO where you can't make up your mind of which way to lean. Thus, you know mm. what? I'm just going to take the best one here and the best one there. And I'm going to make sure that I'm not falling too far behind in one thing. You know, I feel Balance. like that's. <laughs> 
hundred percent. Oh, that's so funny. To me. It's 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 totally true. And it, I, it, we should do a study on like people's personalities compared to their draft personalities. But balance is definitely a very big part of mine. I said this on the XM radio show afterwards. Honestly, I think I think everyone who's a part of it gets interviewed. I uh-huh. think you can make a case that Sandy Alcantara in this format is one one, just because there's no question that uh, I mean. I don't want to say no question because anything can happen. But sure. historically, yeah, he will have more innings than Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns. He will. Right. I, I, you can say that almost with certainty. And I think the innings disparity that we see will make up for what will be a better ERA from Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns. But it is not outside of the realm of possibility that he does have the same ERA as Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns. He won't have the same amount of Ks. That's for sure. Um while I have expressed the fact that I still am a little bit concerned about how the new shift rules will impact him, considering how many times batted balls were hit into the shift for him, I still think if he can stay healthy, which you can say for any pitcher in baseball, that gives me 200 innings of low three ERA with great ratios and enough Ks accumulated over that those innings that I'm just set up to do whatever I want for the rest of my draft. It gives, you know, I remember when... um I look back to like entering 2021 and I think this is a something I've kind of carried with me since is after, you know, the 2020 season where we had these, this short short season, we didn't really know what to do. And everyone was saying, like, all right, you know, 150 is the new 180 or whatever. I, I, I personally went towards Zach Wheeler and Sandy Alcantara because I saw those two as two guys that just will be unhinged. Right. Yeah they would be able to go every five days without any limitation and whatever, just let them go. And that's what made me lean on them. And that worked out. And that mentality of there every year, there are guys in the twenties, thirties of your drafts, Alcmano last year for me, um, who I, I see them go, yeah, they're going to start every five days and they're not going to get pulled after five. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are those pitchers? that are not inside of the traditional ace pitcher. And even though this is a innings pitch draft where it's, you're rewarded so so closely so to go and chase innings pitched guys, I think we don't put enough away. I, I, over the years, I'm like, yeah, I would rather go for someone who has that higher ceiling of innings and carries a very similar skill set than the one that we're saying, yeah, probably like 150 innings for. Mm. Something along those lines. That's just kind of where I'm going because then it's like, yeah, well, then you have the ultimate ceiling because you have no limitations of how long you can go inside of a game so that the skills really come out. Then like Shazam, there's SP1, right? Yeah. I uh, And so I actually see that inside of your draft and we're going to talk about that more. Uh, but I want to, I really, it's something I keep, going in on when I look at someone's roster and I see every single guy there can go at least 180 innings. Mm. I get excited about that. Totally. Uh, And I think that's something we should be using as a quick test of a team. I mean, sure. 180 innings from Merrill Kelly is not the same thing. Yeah, sure. But but if we're talking like the skills one-on-one with guys, you know, there really isn't much of a difference. That's why I like Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon's going to go every five days for the Yankees. Mm. You know, that's why I like Zach Wheeler as much as I do. And why, uh, I'm a little more hesitant on Dylan Cease because Dylan Cease, sorry, but your walk rate is still bad and that holds you back for that. Mm. Uh, and why I didn't take him in TGFBI. But this isn't about my draft. It's about <laughs> yours. So love Cease and Al Qatar. I understand that one. Um, we're going to go to your third round now, which is Bobby Witt Jr. 
in the third round, which I, I was shocked of because normally it's the end of the first. Now, thinking about your league, okay, maybe Bobby Witt isn't the biggest OBP guy, and that's likely why he fell a bit. Yeah, I mean, it, there were two kind of themes that I feel like established for me uh, over he, over the course of this draft. One was like, there are certain picks where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I really buy this guy for this season and I'm just going to have fun. Like I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to not be stressed about like competing in a, in a, in an industry league. I've won this league before. I feel like some of the pressure is a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to compete. I'm just going <laughs> to, it's, it's, of course it's not that, but it's like, I want to compete, but I want to do it with the guys that I've already believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a humble brag. It is a humble brag for sure. But I'm just being honest, right? It's taken like the first league. I was like, just don't finish 10th. Like, just don't finish 10th, 11th or 12th. And now I feel like I can be like, okay, maybe I what, do so know what, what you can do that for PL legacy, even though you haven't won it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so for the other thing was like, take the best available person. Like, don't overthink it. It's early mm-hmm. in the draft. You'll make up for the statistics that you need to make up later on. And when I see a guy who is like kind of the a, a consensus top 20 top 25 pick who is falling to me in the third round at what is this this is pick oh come on it's the middle of uh, the third so that would be about uh 30 yeah about 30 then i'm like all right great and again it's not a five to a player again because like you said the obp is probably not yeah, going to be 310 projected with uh plv projections and that's the exact projection that I used for this system as well, too. So I'm going with a 310 projection. But right now, with Trey Turner and Bobby Wood Jr., I, I truly don't even need to worry about stolen bases. Like, I'm already going to be at the 50 stolen base threshold. I'm going to be competitive, in, a, in a, right? I mean, like... I pretty well, I'm laughing. Have... You say this, and then your next pick is Jazz Chisel. Exactly. So we'll, we'll get to that momentarily, too. But it gave me... Yeah. I, I like the fact that I was accruing in a lot of ways, but I started to see, okay, I'm getting a little bit behind in OBP. Yeah, you are really getting behind OBP. These are your first three guys, and traditionally OBP, I mean, same applies with average for the mm-hmm. most part. I mean, sure, you can find some guys that are going to lift you up. You can find those walk rate guys later on in your draft. You actually did chase for some of it a little bit, which I find Oh, without a doubt. It's kind of yeah. funny to me. Uh, but it still is, you know, the guys that are going to really anchor it it's nice to have those later on, but you need those anchors still. Like, for example, I say, oh, yeah, cool. I'll find strikeouts later. Well, if I only have 150, 170 through my first uh, for each of my first two or three starters, then I'm still really far behind to catch back you know, like 100, 150 or so. That's too much. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that, but it is a roto where you don't have to be a 12 in everything to win a roto league. Totally. Right? You I, that's one out of 10. Not to yep. mention the last point I'm going to make here. Um, it's not a big leap to say that Bobby Witt's going to be better than a 310 OBP. You know, it's not a death sentence there. I agree. I think there's definitely room for him to grow. There were, I know there was a little bit of a slump at the end of the year, and then I think there were some improvements in the K rate in the last couple of weeks. But I, I've also never been in this position. Usually, historically, for me in drafts, I'm like, okay, it's the 20th round. I'm projected to be like, third to last in steals yeah, and then I'm right. left with like John Birdie and I'm yeah. like so You're now lucky. I gotta find room for John Birdie like right and so- you love the fact that you have essentially three of the same guy of 25-25 from Trey Turner, Bobby Witt and Jazz Chisholm and we're gonna talk more about Jazz Chisholm after this break 
Okay, so Jazz Chisholm, fourth round here. And I do like this. You have Trey Turner at shortstop. You have Bobby Wade at third and Jazz Chisholm at second. I love getting my infield out of the way, especially in this. Now, I will ask how many uh, infield spots are there? Is it middle infield and corner infield as well? It is middle infield and quarter infield as yes. well. Yes. Three or five outfielders? Five. And one or two utility spots? One. How many catchers? Two. Uh, catcher, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant this for a second. Go. Okay. Two catcher leagues, especially in a 15-teamer, makes no sense to me. Especially when you have one middle infield, one corner infield. Just a 12-teamer, but go on. I understand, but still, I'm going to ramble on this, even in a 12-teamer. Because we all know that catchers, relative to a first base position, should innately be like half, right? They're not nearly as important. They're not as fun for fantasy players. You get less, you get fewer uh, played appearances, all of that. So then you add a middle infield corner infield because you want to get infielders more involved. But effectively, if you have a middle infield spot, shortstop and second has one. So essentially now you're making one and a half shortstops and one and a half second baseman, then one and a half first and one and a half third. But you're having two catchers. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand this. Why do we need to have two catchers ever? Yeah. Why? The 12-teamer having one is enough. That's DVR fine. would be your best friend right now because DVR definitely feels the same way. He I don't. And raves about it, it's two it's just leagues. so silly. It's yeah. just so silly. Why are we putting them on a pedestal? I, I don't it's also, get it. The, 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 the productivity just drops off. So it feels it, it's I, I understand the original iteration of why it was there, but I'm, I'm with you. Um, I Sorry, didn't come up with a catchers in this. You have 24. At least it's not 30 to choose from. So everyone gets a catcher for one of the things. It's just, oh my yeah. gosh. I will say I did something different with my two catchers that we'll get to a little bit later that I'm actually kind of excited to talk about that for any two catcher league I might suggest moving forward. But for Chisholm, so, okay. I do like the fact that in a week I'll have multi-position eligibility, right? Because I struggle with outfielders here. I don't think my outfield is, is great. I lost out in a lot of outfielders. But did I? If Chaz Chisholm is my outfielder, is my outfielder one? Because um, he will be relatively soon. I also like the fact that Bobby Wood Jr. is shortstop and third base eligible. I love guys like that. In a in a mm -hmm. by the way, in a league where you set weekly, okay, oh, right, so you it's set, a weekly one, right? So you get flexibility yeah. with that for more uh, more bats or plate appearances for a week. I get that exactly. So I like having that. I I right now I <laughs> I just talked about how I felt I was safe with Bobby Witt. The big reason why I went for Jazz Chisholm is I didn't, I liked him a little bit more than Albies. And I thought after that, things would start to fall off at second base. This was also another thing where I was like, he's one of the most fun players to watch. So I'll have fun watching him. Oh, fun. But you got you to go with the fun. Yeah. You got to go with the fun. I mean, he's no competing. He's, gotta... Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but he can obviously make you competitive. All right. He, I originally, I was like, I really don't enjoy guys who are playing a new position but he seems like he has the kind of like assurance of himself that if he doesn't do well in center field it's not going to impact his hitting ability mm -hmm. um and now i you know so there are some downsides the upsides are i have three 25 25 guys theoretically yeah. i have three guys who could do that realistically or even be 30 30 guys that would be difficult for for jazz although he has done it over the past 189 games he has been a 30 30 guy if you combine those two seasons so that's exciting for me to have, but OBP is still lacking a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, hurting. It's, 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 it's hurting. It's bleeding. It says, yeah. no, what, you forgot about me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And 
I w- I'm curious to see how that bears out over the course of the year. Stolen bases are notoriously difficult to find on the wire. Maybe it's easier this year as more guys steal bases. Homers sure. are not difficult to find on the wire. I'm not sure about OBP. OBP is probably like is like stolen bases where it's like you're probably just going to get a guy who is just an OBP guy. And I did get one of those way, way later. Uh huh. Well, I mean, it, it is one of those things where generally if they are walking a lot, there are other skills that have attracted owners or managers, sure. I should say. Uh, to come by so i mean i don't i don't hate this i I, i'm with you on second baseman being just so annoying to navigate um and i find myself like i just got altuve or i might reach for Semyon or something along those lines i very much understand that that thought process and jazz chisholm hopefully he's healthy and looking good uh the miami offense is a little annoying for me i and i'm i see that ozzy albies went to the sixth round that's, I think, really good value for uh, for Ozzy mm-hmm. Albies, and I'd be more inclined to go for that. But you don't know when you take this pick when Albies is going to go. So I understand completely. Uh, fifth round. Oh boy, I loved this one. Mm. Um, that's my uh, good old Luis Castillo in the fifth round in an innings pitch league. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So just tasty. Content continuing with the theme of just guys that I believe in, right? Putting my money where my mouth is. I I'm with you. I think Luis Castillo could be a top 15 pitcher overall this year. Yeah. Maybe even crack the top 10 at times. He's inconsistent, but I love the fly ball approach that he has over in Seattle. I love the fact that he should theoretically get me 195 innings. Maybe the innings are fewer because their bullpen is so elite, but maybe not. Maybe he can get me 190, 195 innings with a good amount of strikeouts. Just another guy that I, I don't know. I, I I saw he was available. He was the best value on the board, and I was all about it. I jumped. Sure. I mean, we've talked, we've waxed poetic mm. about Luis Castillo enough for you guys to know that mid round, uh, middle of the fifth round, Luis Castillo is an absolute seal of approval for me. Sixth round comes, and here we are talking about saves plus holds being diminished or diminishing any relievers inside the draft. You haven't got gone any off the board, so you decided to go for Edwin Diaz. Why did you decide to do that? He, yeah, no relievers off the board yet, so I knew that it was going to happen soon. Um, there were a few guys that I was interested in getting at the moment. I didn't see anyone else that I was absolutely in love with, and I knew that if I just did it now, if I just ripped off the band aid. I would be set for a good amount of time. And I was. I was set for 11 rounds after this. You know what I mean? Mm. It's the strategy that I've always preached because I still think it's the same in saves hold leagues. Get a top reliever and then just forget about it because you can get Ah. them off the wire later, right? That's what I did. I did the same thing two years or last year, maybe with Emmanuel Class A, where it's like, great, I've got Diaz. I don't even need to think about that. And that way, when the inevitable reliever run happens, which it started to in like rounds nine through 12, I'm like, ah, I remember the old days when I needed a reliever. I don't need it anymore. I'm still seeing who's available around those spots. So yeah, I didn't mind doing it. It's now the sixth round, by the way. Was there a player that you felt, oh, I almost got this and would completely change my team? Um, there were a few, um, I was pretty upset about, I, I didn't almost get Marcus Simeon, but I was really hoping he would fall just a little bit more. Cause I wanted to build there with him. Yeah. Um, you Giancarlo could have, you took Sandy Alcantara cause yeah, you had to get a starting pitcher. <laughs> I did, but in a, in a, there was no, uh, cause that's the thing too, the, who was going to make it back to me at that moment. It yeah, probably would have been Spencer Strider. That was the person taken after me. And I'm not doing that in, in, in a league that values no, it. No, no, no. It was uh, Shane Bieber and Jacob DeGrom. 
And she Zach Wheeler her. and Carlos Rodon and Justin Verlander, then Luis Castillo, they were the ones. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I'm so comfortable with that pick. I, oh, I know. I'm pick? just messing with you. What was the other but point I, that you just made those? Oh, the other person. Oh, Stanton. I was, I was kind of hoping Stanton would continue mm. to fall. I was upset that I didn't get Stanton. I was upset that I didn't really get... If we're saying Jazz Chisholm is not an outfielder, that I didn't really get an outfielder one. Like I should have maybe just pulled the, uh, you know, on the the trigger on on Springer or I don't know how I feel about a Rosarina or even Cedric Mullins. So there were definitely some things well, where I was like, mm. there was a moment you could have gotten Stanton. I'm skipping around, but I am going to do this. Eighth round is Tyler O'Neill, and I imagine you were wrestling between Tyler O'Neill and Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, I was. I just didn't think that Stanton was going to go that early his adp mm. i think is considerably lower and usually the way you like i you kind of have to throw adp out the door right for these leagues the one yeah it's so specific but i think it was like considerably lower where i was like i think i can do this for one more round and sure. also the way that i have him valued in my roto lab it would have been skipping over guys who were projected to have five six seven like five or six more dollars in terms of return value mm -hmm. so i was like yeah i think i can get o'neill and then maybe wait for stanton and it just didn't it didn't work out well gotcha okay we're gonna i uh, we're gonna talk about o'neill himself in a moment but you went reese hoskins in the previous round and I, I i remember seeing that and thinking hmm i would have gone for vinnie pascantino instead mm -hmm. and seventh round hoskins is more aggressive than i would normally go for it now i do get that hoskins is a better obp guy 344 is our projection so that's that's 73 in obp uh, is that really what made you do it here? Does he project to have a better OBP than Pes Pescantino? Pescantino? I don't Pescantino. think so. No, I don't uh, think so. No, that's 369 OBP. That's actually 13th uh, highest. Yeah, I didn't think so. Might have been a really so, nice pull up for you then. Yeah, the thing that I was looking at most there was like, I am... I, I I was lagging in home runs. I oh, yeah. I mean, have... Ray, I shouldn't mention that. This looks just like a Nick Pollock draft, everyone. Three pitchers and three hitters after six rounds. You know, it's exactly what I do all the time. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Um, I, no, oh, yeah, three pitchers. Oh, my God, Diaz. Um, I was really, <laughs> yeah. I was really lagging in home runs there. And uh, Vinny, Vinny is not going to hit 25 he will have a great obp and he'll hit 15 or he'll hit more than 15 i think he's projected no, no. we haven't projected at 20. 22 uh this year but yeah you think the power is sapped because he's in kansas city yeah i'm not as excited about the park obviously the supporting cast isn't there so to me then it's like um all right so runs goes to hoskins rbi goes to hoskins home runs goes to hoskins don't need to worry about stolen bases for either of them so i get obp from Vinny, um and I needed both. So I just went with with home runs. And it's funny because after that conversation, I was like, oh, let me see. And I looked at a lot of sites, ours, of course, our projections, um, the athletic, and they're always back to back. Some sites have Hoskins, Pascantino. Some sites have them the opposite direction. So I think it serves two different needs. And I just decided to go for the home run need. Yeah, okay. I uh, Let's move on here. Uh, I mean, Reese Hoskins in the seventh, not really something I think I would be encouraging, but I'm kind of looking at everything else. And it's why this to me is why I like to shape my drafts as I do, because uh, who went right after, say, is Zach Allen, who I think is actually a really nice innings pitched guy. And yeah. you can say, all right, Zach Allen plus either Paul Goldschmidt or Pete Alonso versus Reese Hoskins and Sandy Alcantara. How do you feel about that swap? Say that one more time. Reese Hoskins and 
Reese, uh, Reese Hoskins and Alcantara, as you did, mm-hmm. or say Zach Gallen versus either your choice of Paul Goldschmidt or Pete Alonso. In retrospect, mm-hmm. what pairing would you rather have based on what you drafted? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I think I would probably go with the with the latter, um, with uh, with Gallen and Goldschmidt probably because okay. then I, mean, I fulfill the, my. Well, in retrospect, I'm looking at how it it's fit, you know it came together and who knows the butterfly effect and all that stuff. But this is this is why I go this direction is just because of the the options that you have in the seventh round for hitters. I think if there's a bigger gap between the second and seventh round in hitters than there is in pitching. But True. that's just me. Um, also, Zach Allen is, I think, the last one of what I call the aces of dubs. Um, and Christian Javier is not there? Christian oh, Javier went, went right before. before yep. uh, I don't see anyone else. Um, also, because you have Glasnow and Musgrove removed from it. So instead of the 25, it's only 23 now. And Gallon was the last one. So me saying that, haha, you would always get this. Mm, not always the case. So it is me being a little, you know, getting the, the benefit of hindsight. But it's just something to think about with it. Um, but moving nice forward. Nice pairing, by the way, from Bubba. DeGrom uh, and Gallon. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Manoa Gallon, uh, DeGrom. He also had Machado in that second round. I love Machado in the second round. That's amazing. Tyler O'Neill was your pick in the eighth round. So he said, okay, was, you were hoping that John Carlos Santa would go in the next round. Why do you like Tyler O'Neill? Um, he projected a little bit higher overall for me. I mean, he, again, isn't a, an OBP stud. He's not going to absolutely kill you in OBP. And again, I was like, okay, I don't have any definitive outfits. Just got to get right a now. guy that can go 20 stolen bases too, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, luckily too, I, I don't even project him for that much, but I do project him for, for a good amount of home runs. I mean, he can have 25 home runs, I think, for me. Uh, he's also just absolutely yoked. I'm sure you've seen those photos of him uh, from spring training. Well, why so, isn't Yandy Diaz on your team then? That's true. You know, it's funny. I think it's been Eno who's been kind of racking on Yandy Diaz saying that he doesn't know if he'll, I don't know if he says like, I don't know if I'll have a job, but yeah, um, I think he's been talking a lot about uh, Isaac Paredes. Um, anyway, Tyler O'Neill is also going to be hitting second uh, in that lineup, like mm. right in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh I love that as well. So he's not my favorite outfielder in the world. I needed an outfielder. I needed a few more home runs, and I wanted to just keep digging that OBP hole, I guess. Yeah, I just don't understand why Tyler O'Neill wouldn't be hitting fourth. Like, why do you need to put him a second? Just just mm. put the better hitters ahead of him. I don't... It doesn't make sense. It's fine. Um, ninth round is George Kirby. I love this pick. Uh, I, I just took George Kirby as my SP1, if you can believe it. Um, and uh, all the innings he threw about 130, 140 last year. Expect that every five days, six innings, whatever you want in Seattle. Uh, you must have been stoked getting this one. I I was looking and I was like, all right, I've got Kirby and I've got Hunter Green, and I I, I still think I like Kirby a little bit more just because of the park. Love Hunter Green, very excited about that four seamer, yeah. but Great American Ballpark just scares me. And this was another example of like, you know what? I want to have fun while I'm doing fantasy. Well, then and why isn't it Hunter Green? Oh, it's because it'd be too anxiety <laughs> inducing. Okay. I know. I think Kirby is just as much fun. He's another guy that I'm hitching my horse to. So uh, I was like, I'm going to go with 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 Kirby. I'm very excited about him. What's the name so of your horse? Stats. The name of my horse? <laughs> it's a good question. Also, I don't know. My horse is hitched to him, but I got to figure yeah. out what his name is. His name is Alcantara. That's your workhorse. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, George Kirby to me, 
is exactly the mold that I'm talking about of someone who's not part of that initial group of aces that everyone goes for yet mm-hmm. every five days. I think he's going to hold at least a 25% strikeout rate this year uh, and can effectively go through games with how many strikes he throws. That's a huge, huge deal. Um, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm buying George Kirby everywhere right now. And uh, I find him on, I, mean, I think like every team I go for. <laughs> Just also because I'm always behind in starters. So I'm always going to be aggressive in the 6th, 7th, 8th round for starting pitcher. And George Kirby is just always there. Um, 10th round. Oh, man. I This is so funny. I almost doubled up on both of these guys. But I, I needed Robbie Ray because I was so far behind in TGFBI. Mm-hmm. I needed strikeouts and wins. It's really hard to find both of those later in draft so i had to go robbie ray instead but i wanted to go kirby and sean murphy oh boy my number one catching target is sean murphy and how'd you feel about this to be getting the guy who's hitting cleanup in i know right and he they're gonna dh him too like he's not gonna just get like 400 plate appearances i i i really do see him exceeding a good amount of the projections i think yeah Atlanta's an organization that went out and got him for a reason. It could be that park is really catered for for him. So I I was looking at all the other I available catchers, and yeah, that one got me stoked. So I said, not, let's do it. Let's get not it locked. Even, not even close. Uh, yeah. I mean, you said you had a very specific plan with catcher. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can start to talk about that now. Yeah. The, uh, you know what? I, I kind of had an epiphany while I was doing it because I saw uh-huh. Chris Clegg do this. Um, uh, Pitcherless own Chris Clegg. I believe it was him. Yeah. He went real Muto in the third and Will Smith in the fifth. Right. And yeah. obviously yeah, really like doubled up on it. He really doubled up on it. And a lot of people, there are very good arguments as to why that might be a, a difficult strategy. But I, I kind of like it because they're both studs. And I think Will Smith will DH plenty, especially with the sad news about Gavin Lux. I mean, there's just more opportunity for him to be DHing, I think. Sure. Um, I, but I kind of had this realization where it's like, usually a majority of my strategies in two catcher leagues has been like, there's one guy I'm absolutely going to love. And then there's just a rotating position of hot garbage, right? Cause that's a, how yeah. a lot of people approach the second catcher. Who's a high upside guy that I can get in late rounds. I, I ended up taking, I'll, we'll spoil it. I ended up taking Cal Raleigh um, four rounds later, mm-hmm. right? 13th, because yeah. In the, in the 13th. Um, and I kind of liked that a lot because in moments later on in the draft where everyone is either getting their C1 or C2, I'm having a blast going with hitting street, hitting sleepers or pitching sleepers. Uh-huh. Like that's the, there are people at that moment who didn't, I think didn't have their, their C1 yet. There are actually a few who didn't even have their C1. Sure. I love finding so much value late in rounds. I almost feel like it's more of a wasted pick like yeah actually now that i kind of rant and talk about it it is a wasted pick in the in rounds 21 through 29 i don't want to be saying oh i have to fill this position so i'm going to do it with this guy that i know is going to have a 280 obp and hit you know seven home runs with like 50 and then you swap them out is what you're saying and i'm going to swap them out and i'm going to just go for it and stream i kind of like that like oh no now i've got two kind of high-end guys who both have a good position and i don't need to worry about it I mean, the, the counter argument to that is that by spending that 10th and 13th round pick, you're missing out on much better picks than there are the 21 and later. Uh, I, I I get exactly what you're saying, though, is that there are there are some lottery tickets they get in on that mm-hmm. others aren't able to. And you also get worthy production 
in the 10th or 13th uh, relative to the others that go then. That might be something nice I like doing in in, uh, in these leagues as well. Also, I'm someone who, man, I I value my time and mm. I value my effort. And in season, if I have to spend extra effort trying to figure out what is going on in my catcher position, I don't I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to touch it. Um, all right. So we're going to go move move on to the 11th round. But before we do, we're going to take a quick break. All right, we're back here. 11th round, it's Mitch Hanniger. And Mm -hmm. you were at first maybe thinking Suzuki. Yeah, and I really should have. I should have just just done it and bit the bullet. I think we don't know what the oblique injury really looks like. I do think he's still going to be able to get a good amount of plate appearances and at-bats. I'm not going to lie. There's like there's always a moment in every draft where you just kind of lose track of where you are. Not because you're not paying attention, but it just gets away from you for a second. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing in this round? I went with Mitch Haniger, and there there are positives, right? Like the positive is that in a in a Giants lineup that constantly plays matchups, I don't think he's one of those guys. He is a sure. play every day outfielder, right? He's not going to be like Conforto or Jock Peterson, where I'm really worried about platoon splits and if they're facing a bunch of lefties, and he's probably not going to play at all this week. He's also hitting third in that Giants lineup. He, he I think someone like referred to these kind of players as like oatmeal, where it's like yeah, yeah, that's it's one, a, yeah. It's okay, it's okay, right? He's not doing anything for me. He's got an okay OBP projected. He'll hit 20 plus home runs with like 70 runs and ribbies. It's like, it's just one of those dudes that like I have, I use Roto Lab, which I absolutely swear by, and it keeps track of all of the, it takes the projections and adds them up for each category as I go mm-hmm. along. And yep. it's nice to just see all of those categories move Get up an inch or so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And that's what he was. Do I love it? No. Is it fine? Yeah. Yeah, eleventh round. I mean, man, it's it's this is this is just how I feel. I see like Nestor Cortez go in the twelfth round, mm-hmm. and it's just there's uh, the gap is so big, I uh, between like the relative value I think of like someone like Nestor Cortez or Blake Snell going in the thirteenth versus so remember, like Mitch Hanniger. innings pitched though. So both of those innings, guys are sure that that does make a lot of sense. Thank you for that. Uh, right, because I would think maybe they'd be closer 10th or 11th round guys, mm-hmm. uh, but still, like Pablo Lopez threw 180 innings last year. Yeah. Um, stuff yeah, to think about. Uh, I, I, it's just more about my expression of how 12 teams form and where you want to get your value. Um, and uh, 12th round, Josh Bell shows up. Hey, what's up, Josh Bell? He's, uh, he's had- an interesting option uh, for the Guardians. He is. I've always had kind of a soft spot for him. I don't know if he perfectly fits into my team because he'll be he'll be my corner infielder, which isn't terrible. I love that he's going to hit cleanup right behind Jose Ramirez for the Guardians. He's got such he hit a home run today in spring training. That just made he me is feel- a massive dude. I remember <laughs> when we saw him, we were we were there in 2020. Uh, you got us seats right behind the, the Orioles dugout watching mm. the Pirates is when we talked to Tyone. Yep. And I remember being on the field at that close and there was Josh Bell and we're just going, wait, you are wait. <laughs> yeah. No, it's unbelievable. And so here's the oh thing too. Gosh. Like he, like the more I look at the pick, the more I'm like, okay, this wasn't, you know, maybe I panicked here and took Josh Bell, but projected to have like a 350 OBP, which is what I very much need at the moment. The, the, he's not going to have the same 362. We have him as yeah, the 20th best OBP. 
so there you go. I mean, I was definitely lacking. I, by that point, I had made up a little bit in home runs, but now I'm getting 20 home run upside with really good gains. I certainly don't need stolen bases anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of liked that. You know who's one higher in OBP in our projections? Hmm. Adley Rutschman. Oh. I, but here comes Cal Rally in the 13th round. Fine, we talked about him. Uh, lots of power there, too. I think the idea of him being a Mike Zunino is way over uh, estimating here the fact that Kyle Raleigh had much better play discipline in the minors um, than Zanino and hopefully he does develop um, for the Mariners Joe Ryan shows up in the 14th round what do you know it's Joe there Ryan is. I, uh, we, we don't know what the horse's name how is how the turntables from last year <laughs> seriously a, a full a full 180 um, we don't know what the name of the horse is but we know I'm hitching myself to it he's a guy that I believe in we established said, it's Sandy Oh, it's Sandy. The Sandy. Unbelievable. Horse. Sorry. I'm having fun. I really believe in the sweeper that he established. The four seam is already fantastic. I think that sweeper can help him uh, give him a second with pitch that is going to help him, you know, move along. And another guy that really wouldn't surprise me now that he's in his sophomore year, get him 180 innings, right? I, I think oh, it's, yeah. it's a possibility for him. Oh, it's not just a possibility. Like, I, I think there's a good chance he does it. Yeah. I think the twins are trusting Joe Ryan a lot more to go six plus. Uh, I think built on a four-seamer like he is, that gives him more opportunity to get quicker outs than other guys. Uh, I'm I'm a fan here of Joe Ryan. Um, 14th round all day. This one surprised me. 15th round. Ramon Laureano. What's Terrible going pick. on here? Terrible pick. <laughs> Terrible pick. I don't know what I was doing. I knew, <laughs> I knew I knew I needed another outfielder. I kept reminding myself, like, you, oh, you don't no, necessarily F. need. So I kept being like, you don't know if you need another outfielder because remember, Jazz Chisholm will be your outfielder, but then you might need another second no, baseman. you need him as your second baseman. It's easier to fill in the outfield than his second base. Exactly. So that's kind of what I was going with. I mean, obviously, the projections for him in, in OBP are are not great. Is there a chance that he could be a 320 OBP guy? Yeah, he's he's theoretically done it before, but his K rate has climbed while his walk rate has jumped pretty considerably in the past couple of years. He's a potential 2020 guy, but you don't he's need another, a 2020 guy. I've got 5,000 of them. I've never yeah, had more 2020 guys. Of them. Can I've you heard. trade in this one? I think you can, right? Yes, you can. Okay. So I And it's actually funny because I think right around this moment, I was like, I'm probably going to trade some of these deals right yeah. um you'll get now, a steal by giving yeah i'll get a steal steals so yeah another guy that just steals. just really hurt the obp but yeah the saves the, the steals and maybe the powers there maybe he gets traded too can you trade him for justin okay i'm sorry justin yeah you get you trade steals for a steal of steel oh very oh for justin steel very nice <laughs> at least he's hitting second in the lineup yeah not my justin steel yeah okay um <laughs> yeah but of a lineup that is the equivalent of a praying mantis versus an alligator. Okay. <laughs> true. Uh, we have Ryan McMahon in the 16th. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me here. More power. Just, you know, I, I needed More power a, a, to a, you. <laughs> I thought he was the best available at the moment of the board. I didn't really feel the need to go for another pitcher at the moment because I felt like I was doing pretty well there. I mean, obviously, he's going to give you a pretty good output. Should be able to get you 20 home runs. Again, not a guy who's fantastic. OBP theoretically won't kill you. Don't really care about the stolen bases, but guy hitting what could third? have had Reed Detmers. Oh, no, no, thanks. I still even now, oh I still gosh. would choose Ryan to ban Reed Detmers. I am going to... I'm going to clip that one. All right, that's uh, no thanks. Who was the, who was the one that you'd rather have? Ryan McMahon. Really? I there's probably I'd probably even go lower. What? I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm buying it on Ray Detmers. Oh man. 
noted, guys. Everyone, you're watching on Twitch. You're listening. I don't know if I'm fast. Doesn't like Reed Detmers, everyone. I guess I will say too. I apologize to a fan on Twitter who was like, "You got to stop dunking on the Angels. They do have a new pitching coach, so maybe they proved me wrong." Pete Fairbanks shows up, as yep. we call him, Peter Stairbanks. I actually remember trying to find him, thinking that Pitchless didn't have Peter Stairbanks in there. Uh, you know, in our archives, and we realized, oh, mm-hmm. no, wait, no, it's Fairbanks, Nick. That's his real name. Throws gas. Is he healthy? Yeah. From I hope all, so. Yeah, I haven't seen any news indicating that he's oh, not. Yeah, no, for the year. Good. I mean, it saves Holdley. He's like top oh. 15, easy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. kind of my... It'll be easy to replace him if he does stay healthy over the course of the year. Rick Graham has him, I think, top... I know he hasn't top 15. I don't remember if he has some top 10, um, but he's got him very, very high up. I, it had been 11 rounds and I was like, he's, it's it, it was him or yeah, it was him or Batista. I, I I think overall they could both theoretically be the same. More Batista's, holds opportunities because the Rays. Yeah. And Batista theoretically still is dealing with a lingering issue uh, injury, yeah, right. but I think he'll be fine for opening day. Um, so yeah, went with Fairbanks. And then, and then Joey Gallo shows up. Whooshie? Yeah. Joey yeah. Gallo. I know. Wild. I know. Uh, so I had to reach here. It's definitely a reach. Oh, I doubt about it. Um, but OBP league, um, while he had a 280 OBP last year, it was 351 the year before. Um, the shift rules could really benefit. Joe yeah, Bell. they could. They 27 really could. home runs, 330 OBP. That OBP is still better than Bobby Witt's projected. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I could I could look like a I kind of dig it. I, yeah. I kind of dig it fast. Yeah, we'll see I, at happens. that point, I was dead in OBP. I saw some upside. I took it. There you go. I got to love. This is a pick for you. I, You know, I've been teetering. Oh, you 180 on him, didn't you? I haven't 180, but I've been teetering. Mm. I, and that's John Gray. You're like, oh, this is for you, Nick. John Gray, in an innings pitched one, too. He's not a guy that has been able to go the full year for a bit. Yep. I uh, struggles against lefties. The, even during his uh, eight-game stretch where he was an ace, John Gray still only had a 9% swing strike run on his four-seamer despite its 96-mile-per-hour velocity. He was really just a slider being that good during that stretch, which makes me think that it was against a lot of right-handers more so than lefties. But what do you think, Fast? I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to get like 160, 165. It's not good. out of the realm of possibility, yeah, but it's just he yeah. hasn't. Hasn't really done that for a bit. He hasn't done so. it since 2018. Yeah, that was his most. Yeah. That was his uh, his highest. I think if I can get that, I think I still will be able to get a. Um, I don't know. I, I know he changed to the sweeper. I'm a fan of that sweeper. I think I can get a good ERA from him. I think he can be below four. I think he can so have weird. a. Why? Why did he switch? It's such a good slider. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was the problem. Maybe that was the problem for yeah. him. But yeah, I I don't um. I, I think he was also the highest value on the board for me at the moment. So I was like, why not? Let's take a, let's take a fun flyer on John Gray. All right. We have about 10 minutes left and we've got 10 players. So fast, okay. you're going to have to you know, shoot these out here. Sure. Okay. I, uh, we've got Brendan Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to back up for second or middle infield, I guess. Exactly. Wanted to back up for a second. The OBP is actually probably going to be around 340. It doesn't, you know, obviously playing in cores gives me a good amount of a good amount of home runs there as well. So fulfills a lot of needs for me. And as I go through these, definitely tell me the players that other people took you and oh man, I forgot about that guy or wish I went after that one. Okay. At any yeah, point. Uh, Mark Canna. Uh, OBP league. I understand he also gets hit a lot. That counts towards his OBP y'all. 
That's got to yeah. be it. It's so funny. I was like, I, I was looking at my uh, uh, my totals and I was way behind in OBP and I was like, great, I'm going to give up every other category. Give me the highest OBP guy available. And I took Mark <laughs> Canha, who was projected to have a very good OBP, right? Like near 350 OBP. Yeah, 343. Yeah. Didn't move the needle for me at all. Yeah, it went from like not. last to OBP to second and last to OBP. Um, but I don't mind it because like you said, he's going to reach base. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I was okay with yeah. it. Yeah, 64 runs, 13 home runs, 55 RBI, five stolen base projection. Mm. Oh, mm. not not fun there, but hopefully there you get more from, from Marcana. Um, Evan Phillips here. Uh, you needed someone else for saves holds. Phillips is super good. Yeah, I think he, there's a chance he could theoretically lead the Dodgers in saves at the end of the year. Elite and team, also get the holds along the way, right? I exactly. Mean, I, I figured why not. Call. Uh, you have Garrett Whitlock. Oh, man. So quick note on Garrett Whitlock. Uh, it came out, I believe, midday today. So maybe an hour after you drafted Garrett Whitlock. That Whitlock got hip surgery in September. And he's a little behind at the moment. Uh, it uh, came out during the draft, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, they are hoping that he's good to go for opening day, but they're not going to rush it, which makes sense. He's their number five at this point. <laughs> and Whitlock might miss a start or two to begin the year, but they want him in the rotation. And if everything's good to go, if he just goes four games or whatever and goes two, three, four, five, and everything's fine, awesome. Garrett Whitlock is there. It might be like 75 pitches against the Pirates or so which is a little frustrating for me because that's one of the reasons why I have Whitlock circled. Sure. Uh, but uh, is there anything else here about Whitlock that said, yep, 23rd round, let's go. Uh, unlimited ILs and I needed higher strikeout potential at the moment. Was, there you go. So There it is. And you certainly did that with Kenta Maeda too. Good potential there. Yeah, I really like him in the 24th round. It's insane I mean, to me. That, that I don't know back. what what's going on here. Well, how is Kenta Maeda this late? That's yeah, I, I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I think there's so much good upside. John there. Gray pick in the 19th round. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a lot of upside there. So I'm excited about that. Uh, keep in mind, he has not had a striker rate under 25%. Mm. Love it. That's why I needed it. We're, for, we're thinking like Kintamaid is going to return like a 19% K rate or something. Like, no, guys. Mm. He gets a lot of strikeouts. Okay. Uh, Brendan Donovan in the 25th round. Two things. One, yeah. first base, second base, third base outfield. Anywhere. Okay. Eligible Anywhere. all over the place. Love uh, that. Catcher. Weekly league. Uh, <laughs> catcher. Sorry. Uh, second of all, someone tweeted yesterday about how he changed his stance. He's more upright and he already has like, mm, yeah, I saw I think that. He's like three home runs in five games or something like that. Yeah. He's almost, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the half of the amount of home runs that he's done in the past five yeah, 40%, games. 40%, right? Last was two year. and five. Yeah. Uh, now, third thing, don't trust people with two first names. Um, Mike Stremski, 26th round. I uh, what are you thinking here? I need another plus outfielder, some plus outfield potential. Um, plus you know, potential. obviously not the best, but at least I think he's going to be hitting uh, second inside of that lineup. And he's another guy too, where it's like, if it's this late in the draft, give me a guy who's likely going to be in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. And he should be. Hey, 71 uh, runs projection ain't so bad this deep in your draft. Love this. What What? What was going on here? 27th round Michael Kopech? What is this? Yeah, I had to. I mean, it's funny too because there are other did. pitchers. I was I was wrestling between him and Ryan Nelson and I was like, I, no, I don't know. No, no, no. Gosh, no. Yeah, so I went with Kopech because two things close. two things stuck out to me. One, he has the job and two, like you brought up yesterday, 
who else pitches in Chicago? <laughs> like, yeah, he's right. got the job for good if he can stay oh, healthy, okay. unlimited IL, a lot of great strikeout upsides. So not to mention, not? Uh, you're not listening to the Plus Pitch Podcast because I mentioned it on the Plus Pitch Podcast, the situation in Arizona right now. I, I want to mention this very quickly. Uh, there are three guys going for that number five spot right now. It's Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, and a dark horse of Brandon Fott. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Ryan Nelson in his first game, down over two ticks on his fastball. And this is someone who dealt with shoulder problems in September mm-hmm. that shut him down for the year. He point. didn't do well in that start. He had lowered velocity. Dre Jameson came out and did two or two innings of, of good baseball. It's Dre Jameson's right now to lose. There's mm-hmm. a dark horse of Brandon Fott. He looked great. I watched it. I was giddy. So I think Fought is actually the number two at this point, even though it's really short in spring training. Ryan Nelson to me feels like something's going on. They're going to protect him. They're going to say, whoa, your velocity is down. We don't want to rush you. We don't want to do anything like that. Don't worry. Some point this year, make sure the shoulder is fine. Everything's okay there. Now it's Dre Jameson and Brandon Fought fighting for it. If something happens to Dre Jameson, it's Brandon Fought. And he went in the 28th round. Mm-hmm. Oof, that could have been a really fun flyer that you would drop before the season would even start. You went Colton Wong instead. Yeah, I actually got more excited for this pick than maybe any other pick in the draft. <laughs> Why is that? Be- I needed a, a good another second base option because remember Donovan could theoretically play all over, and sure. he's now scheduled to lead off for the Mariners. Mm, yeah, are you yeah. kidding me? We're getting the leadoff hitter for the Mariners in the penultimate round. Like what? That is fantastic to me. That's so many. Now theoretically he could platoon, but fine. To be the guy hitting ahead of Julio Rodriguez all year. I'm all about that. That's great. And if he yeah, doesn't, who cares? It's the 28th round. I think one of the best things to take note when it comes to deeper leagues, especially, is to draft batting order spots a lot. I uh, it really if you're deciding between two guys, who hits higher up in the lineup, who hits in a better lineup, it does such a, uh, it does so much. Um, it's a huge factor for the success of these guys, especially when those counting stats matter. It's the difference between 70 and 60 runs. And oof, that can be everything in your league. I mean, how many times have you played in a league where one RBI in the final day changes it all? So Colton Wong leadoff for the for the Manners. That's that's pretty dang nice. Last one here. You felt, you know what? I only have three relievers. I need one more. So you went with Sir Anthony Dominguez. Yeah, in the first, the the spot is expendable. There's two things. One, because it's an expendable spot, and because I some of these pitchers might not go in that first shortened week, I like to get relievers to load it up and maybe get an extra hold or two, and then I can sure. worry about the you know putting them on my bench later. I will say, I should have gone Lance McCullers because it's unlimited by and then and I could have just stored them and streamed. And I should have done that. Um, I had the opportunity to, and I didn't. And then I was looking for like other guys that might be good with, and I couldn't really think of a good instance. So, I mean, I, I don't know how long McCullers is going to be out, but it doesn't matter. I Like that spot means mm-hmm. nothing. I'm going to stream it anyway. Should have done it. Didn't. Was Andrew Painter drafted? You're asking? Yes. 26th yes. round. Yep. Oh, by, I love that. By, one. Clegg, that. by Chris Clegg. Yeah, I know. Of course he did. And guess who got Lance McCullers? Yeah, Chris Clegg. Yep. Chris so Clegg. Uh, truly, Carlos Mulcarno, um, uh sniped me or whatever, what blocked me, whatever you said on uh, Anthony Santander. I was super upset about. Um, uh, there was a he was injured, I believe. Uh, yeah, but it was a um, uh, X-rays are negative, so he's okay. Okay, all right. Um, Tyler Molly. Uh, oh, Tyler Molly also ninety four today. 
Yep. I, I'm going to be targeting him in this TGFBI draft, considering that I missed pitching early and I need someone who can go 200 strikeouts. Did you see that Kyle Bradish was two ticks Bradish? up? Yeah, I did. I did, and I don't care. Okay. What? Sitting. I don't. Ninety-six. Guess what? Two out of twenty-eight whiffs. He's at ninety-six. I thought he only threw seventeen four-seamers. No, no, no. Overall, he had one whiff on his on his four-seamer. On 17. I'm only looking at the velo. I don't know what the command. Looks I know, like. I know, but this is my point: is that regardless of that velo, what's the problem with Kyle Bradish's fastball? Wasn't the velocity? Sure, it's it's the movement profile which makes it more hittable than it should. All right, um, but yeah. yeah, that is overall. Sorry, 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 Bradish. That's fine. <laughs> overall, um, I'm very. I, I think I ended up with more home runs than I thought. I overcompensated because of my lack of home runs early. I am in all likelihood without injuries going to finish top three in stolen bases. I think, um, I think I feel pretty good about runs and, uh, RBI. Um, I don't think OBP is, uh, great. Uh, there's definitely going to be some, I think it's a here. great league fast. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I will say this. I, so what I do, uh, is I put in the totals that, um, were placed in the top three of last year. So I go yeah. and look at the standings and I say, okay, the top three, yeah, you right. need to get top three, you needed 120 stolen bases. Last year, you needed a 328 OBP to be like top four or five. Uh -huh. And my OBP is 325. So I'm not that off. Like, I think uh -huh. I can find one more OBP guy in the waiver wire that sure. I'm, that will get me there. Okay. Um, but yeah, everything else I feel pretty good about. It. I think I've got a good ERA. I've got a good whip. Maybe I'm lagging a little bit in innings pitched, but I'll now stream some of that. Fast. Remember what? fast. What? This is not a best ball league. I know. There's going to be plenty of dropping and streaming. And I'm just messing around. All that stuff. Uh, so so on a on a letter grade, what are you giving yourself for this? Mm, I'd say a solid B. Not a B plus, a solid B. Just in a in a nice, good, thick highlighter. Yeah. Maybe B minus. I'm giving this a, I'm giving this a real solid B minus B. Okay, I'm going to say a thick B and then a little penciled in. Yeah, where you're like, "Oh, minus. did they just did they just mess up when they were Yeah, was that like the ink from spilling? the paper? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds that sounds good. I I I it's funny. There's so many ways to create teams. Um, it's not the approach I would do. Uh, I not to, I'm not saying that it doesn't work. Um, I'm not. It, it, no, it, it, but it, it, you just, just perfectly encapsulated why we don't draft labor together anymore. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> that's the, it's yeah, so that's done. Yeah. yeah. I never remember you so much. Just how nervous you were drafting labor oh, and God. like yeah, because... locked into the to the laptop. What? I just oh I I over prepare and you are different because of how much time you spend with 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 projections and how much time you spend with with you know this kind of stuff. So to me, like the past couple of nights, just up all night in Roto Lab and getting things ready. See, I don't spend um, any time prepping. I prep no, no, no. for six months. Fat. That's what that's what I'm saying though, <laughs> because yours is like I'm kind joking. of already innate with it. You already have it with you. To me, I'm like yeah. that's just not me. No, no, no. Um. Yeah, it's actually been really fun. I'm drafting this weekend um, with Labor on Sunday. Uh, mm. It's it's no longer a, a, a Pollock and Fast team. He has completely mm -mm. abandoned me, y'all. I have. Um, and uh, I've not done a live auction draft before. The reason I... No, it's not the reason, but the first one we did, I had to go back on the flight. So you did our Labor yep. draft in 2020. 
mm-hmm. in, in in February. Um, and then there hasn't been one since because of the world shutting down. So I'm so excited fast. This is my first one. What should be my like my way to establish that I'm putting in that extra dollar? I'm I I don't know. I can't tell that for you. No, 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 no. What what would you suggest? I need a suggestion for you from you. I I think you need to read the room. You need to see who gets some people get really peeved when they get bullied, Mm -hmm. right? When they're like, if they say eight dollars and you go nine right away. Some people really don't like it when you wait until going once, going twice, nine dollars. Some people really don't like that. You got to play them like poker. You just got to yeah, yeah, yeah. get in there. What about a good sensual eye stare? Oh, I like that locking eyes of the person you're in a bidding war with. And then, yeah, like a, as if like I'm reading them. Yeah. Poker yeah. chips and stuff. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely not do that. Yeah. I was going to say okay. that's so not you. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but all right, I think that's gonna do it. I uh, that is it for episode 380 of the On the Corner podcast. I'm your host, Nick Pollock, and I'm Alex Fast. And we'll talk to you guys next week.